Welcome back to another edition of the Educational 80 Podcast. This is our 300th episode, and we're meeting with a very special guest to help commemorate the 50th anniversary of the passage of Title IX. So we'll be right back with today's guest. But first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. But Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms helps your stakeholders with mobile accessibility. It has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go along with high school athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication, can help with attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake and join the Final Forms team. We also want to thank Area Scouts for their support. Area Scouts provides athletes ages eight and up with state-of-the-art assessments and sport and movement-specific development programs for all skill levels for all sports. Area Scouts also provides a one-of-a-kind worldwide online platform emphasizing sport-specific performance while also focusing on overall athlete health and safety. And the best part, Area Scouts also works with youth, high school, and college coaches from across the country. Go to areascouts.com right now to enroll your athlete or team in the base biomechanics, athleticism, sequence, endurance assessment today. That's areascouts.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Or call them at 614-981-3589. And you can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales 
at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and college programs, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student-athletes and the coaches of the teams that you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives the 95% of the parents and the student athletes a voice, and it helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've been doing these now for about two years, and this is episode number 300. And we've got a very special guest today uh, in honor of the 50th anniversary of the passage of Title IX. We've got a Title IX pioneer. Uh, She was in high school back uh, when Title IX first took effect. Um, And I'm going to let her tell her story. But uh, she's had a long career as a teacher, as a coach, uh, as an educator, both at the local high school level and also on the national stage. We were very honored today to welcome as our 300th guest, Jan Murphy. Jan, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, um, I've had the privilege of following your career uh, over the years, um, and uh, we're going to take a deep dive. Uh, We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So Give us that five-minute bio, uh, where you were born, where you grew up, and um, maybe uh, your background in sports. Um, well, I was born in Los Angeles and went to uh, elementary there. My family moved to Oregon when I was 12 in the sixth grade, and uh, that was 1969. Uh, girls couldn't wear pants to school. You know, it was the changing of times. Uh, in the seventh grade, I started gymnastics. I was very small and very light, so I was good at it. And then by the time ninth grade came around, Title IX hit, and at my school, instead of adding sports to include women, they deleted sports 
because the boys didn't have them. So gymnastics went, um, and in at that time, high school was nine through 12, and in ninth grade, I began, uh, I was on dance team, I played basketball, and then we had track in the spring. Okay. Now, um, I know also that uh, during that time, you know, you uh, uh, were living way out in the country, and that kind of posed a challenge uh, to get the practices. Uh, share a little bit about that. Well, I was literally one of those kids who walked, you know, 10 miles to school, up school and down hills to get home. I live 15 miles from school and I got a ride about six miles from my house. And when I got to that house, I would call home and ask someone to come get me. Sometimes they did, sometimes they forgot. And so I literally walked uphill, walked downhill, uh, six miles home. Uh, at least one time I made it all the way home. Uh, and uh, that was a challenge. My dad thought I wanted to get out of chores, but I was actually a pretty good athlete. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to give you a chance to talk uh, a little bit about that running uh, background uh, at your high school and, and really how do you help start that program. For listeners, uh, this is our special Title IX celebration episode, episode number 300. We're visiting with longtime coach and teacher Jan Murphy. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but it's more than just forms. Final Forms is a team. It's technology, and they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms helps your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. It has reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go with being involved in athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication, with attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this using secure language translation and ADA compliance. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone, to our special Title IX celebration episode with longtime coach and Title IX pioneer Jan Murphy. Jen, um, you just mentioned that uh, your family had moved to Oregon and that you had done gymnastics in, in junior high, but then you got to high school and uh, they cut the gymnastics program, sort of anti-Title IX, uh, but you had gotten into uh, running cross country. Uh, what was that experience like? Well, it started uh, kind of in the eighth grade. I was the best 800 meter runner in the president's fitness test by a lot. And so in high school, I thought, well, I'll try track. And I thought, I'm not fast. I mean, I have lots of fast friends. I knew I wasn't fast, so I ran the mile. And my first meet, I broke the school record. I kind of remember it was by a lot, like 30 or more minutes. It was like a seven minute record. And I ran like a 6.10 or 6.11 and um, good and bad. Uh, the seniors on the team that were running seven minute miles quit, um, but, uh, I had a pretty good season and enjoyed track. And when the fall came around, I wanted to run cross country. My coach said, well, we don't have a girls team. And I said, 
I was one of those stubborn people. I said, well, tie the line. You have to let me on the team. And he was like, okay. So I'm running with the boys. And um, it was, there was about 30 boys of a lot of boys, but I was in the top 10 and uh, he saw that I had potential. And I really think bottom line, he didn't want me to take a boy spot. So he was like, well, you now have your own team, but you got to go out and you got to recruit and uh, you got to have five girls on your team. So every week I had five new friends or four because I was I only needed five to score. So four new friends, they ran and more than one of them did it more than one time, but most of them didn't. And at that time in cross country, you went to a field and I lived in Oregon and farm country and it was just a field around sheep and cows and stuff and whatever it was it was nine tenths of a mile or a mile and three quarters you know that's what we ran that first year and we were actually pretty successful and able to have a team the next year so let me get that straight you had to go out each week and recruit new runners uh <laughs> what was your sales pitch to uh some of your classmates uh well uh i was on dance team i worked at the dairy queen um and I, my sister wouldn't do it, but I got enough people to like go, well, I'll try it, you know, or I don't know what it is, or you got out of school early, uh, or they liked a boy on the team. And there was always a little something to get uh, people to do it. And I was successful that first year we had districts and that was it. So it wasn't like we went on to state or anything like that. So they didn't have to do anything more. Um, and I think I want to say we had maybe five or six meets so it wasn't a whole lot of it's not like i had to do like 13 times or something well you mentioned that uh you know that you were able to have that girls team uh that first year but um over the course of your high school career you know it developed into a pretty good program correct well i was just lucky or right time or whatever but the next year uh we got a I want to say four or five freshman girls wanted to run their sisters had done it or they saw that we were successful or whatever. So I ended up with a pretty good team. I wasn't the best one on the team. I was like number three, probably. Uh, we won our district meet that year. And then it was the first year girls got to have state. I think we placed fourth at state that year. Um, and the next year the team continued to do as well when when i wasn't there so it was a pretty good group of girls enjoyed running with them yeah and anybody that knows you know cross country track and field oregon you know cross country and track that's pretty darn good level so uh finishing that high at state uh had to be pretty cool any um significant memories uh races or uh or victories stick out for you from those years well when i talked to people about cross country at that time literally we are going through a field, running around dead sheep. Uh, we went over uh, the Long Tom River and there were, uh, they weren't very wide, maybe as wide as a car. And so the, the crosses, they were maybe four feet wide. We had to run across these. You had to jump over fences. You, you had like two steps up and then you could jump down. So it was what people in back in the day would say, that's real cross country. No, I, uh, uh, you and I are about the same age. So I, I definitely uh, remember watching those types of races. Certainly didn't do them myself. Uh, for our listeners, again, this is our Title IX celebration episode number 300. We're visiting with Jan Murphy, 
Title IX pioneer, longtime cross-country track coach and teacher. We're going to be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Area Scouts for their support. Area Scouts provides athletes ages eight and up with state-of-the-art assessments and sport and movement specific development programs for all skill levels in all sports. Area Scouts also provides a one-of-a-kind worldwide online platform emphasizing sport specific performance while focusing on overall athlete health and safety. And the best part, Area Scouts um, works with youth, high school, and college coaches from across the country. Go to areascouts.com right now and enroll your athlete or team in the base assessment today. That's biomechanics, athleticism, sequence, and endurance base assessment. That's areascouts.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Jan Murphy, a Title IX pioneer and longtime cross-country track coach and teacher. Jan, you just finished sharing, you know, your high school experiences, uh, really, uh, you know, on the front lines of Title IX, you know, running on the boys team and, until you started beating them. Um, you took that very successful high school career and um, advanced to the Division I level, running uh, for Oregon State University up the road uh, in Corvallis. Um, what was that like, uh, running the collegiate level? And this would have been probably 1976, 77, right? Yep. Yeah, 1976, that's when I started college. Um, well, it was the first year they let women run the 5,000 in college. And uh, we had a, a beginning of the season, like a runner's camp. We went to Sun River. Our coach uh, was the tennis coach and tennis was a spring sport. So they just thought, oh, we'll just have her coach cross country. So she literally managed the team. We had a GA that ran with us. And we had some of the top runners in the state of Oregon that one of them was, uh, she was went to school in Eugene, but she was a big swimmer. And so she swam for Oregon State, uh, one of the best hurdlers. So we had some good, good people. Oregon at that time was uh, the high mileage club and, you know, it was hard to get into Oregon. So Oregon State became the back thing, the back fall for, for some people. But the cross country season was, uh, we, I can never remember spending the night hotel. We got in a 14 passenger van. We went to the dining hall and got our sack lunches. Uh, and, you know, we paid for everything. We did get to use the athletic training facilities at Gill Coliseum at the time. And I can remember hearing them grumble. What are these women doing here? They need their own space. You know, they're in our way. And, the cross country team went in one place and the football players were in the other, but there wasn't very, it wasn't a big program. There wasn't a lot of room. And um, I had plantar fasciitis. I was there every day. So that was kind of like, you know, it was not a good time. You're discouraged every step of the way. Why are you doing what you're doing? You know, you don't matter. It's just cross country, et cetera. Um, at that time, uh, that first year, uh, we, we did have a track. We didn't run against like Oregon. We ran against Washington, Washington State, some other small colleges. We had our own cross country course uh, in Corvallis that, that we ran on, but it was a very, it was a tough year. 
we had practice every Saturday morning and as a freshman, that was not a fun time. Um, but got to know a group of girls, uh, some amazing women. One of my teammates was 31, had three kids and I decided to go back to college and she was one of the better athletes on our team. Very inspiring. Boy, um, you know, looking at back at, at those same days, you know, that's, you know, the same period that I was in, in, in college. Um, was there any sort of awareness on your part or your teammates part um, about, I guess you mentioned the discrepancies, uh, you know, any, any feelings about that that come to mind? Oh, we were pissed. The, the football team. So in the beginning of the season, the football team had their own dorm. I don't know this for a fact, The rumors were they had steak for dinner every night. Uh, at that time, this is just old school, but Steve Johnson was a freshman for the basketball program. They gave him a brand new van and he would drive it down the street, radio blaring. It was like, so the basketball team got that. The football team is there. And here we are with our sack lunches. Yeah, lots of discrepancy. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think you, uh, I think I remember you sharing a story once about uh, one of the races. You had a, a fairly uh, well-known uh, runner that was part of the, the field you ran against. I did. My, my sophomore year, our regional meet was at the University of Washington. And in the five, it was a track season in the 5,000 meters there were I want to say maybe 18 or 20 people in the field and Mary Decker was number one and I was behind her uh and got to see a great race that she ran uh it was amazing um uh, that was like I think that was my my last uh race that I ran for Oregon State so it was a good way to end that season okay. uh, again for our listeners if you don't recognize that name Google Mary Decker, uh, Mary Decker Slaney, uh, you know, one of America's great uh, distance runners. Uh, for our listeners, again, we're visiting with Jan Murphy, a Title IX pioneer, a longtime teacher and coach, and our 300th interview on the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their teams play better using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, along with the coaches, the college teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about how Huddle can help your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Jan Murphy, a Title IX pioneer. She's sharing, uh, you know, her career and, and her perspective of uh, Title IX through the years. Uh, Jan, you finished uh, your uh, undergraduate years at Oregon State. Um, you know, got your degree, uh, you know, teaching and coaching, uh, uh, and then you started your career path. So, uh, you know, what was that like? Uh, you know, what were some of those early jobs that you had in the profession? 
Um, well, I thought, you know what, I need to go to the big city to get a job. So I moved to uh, Portland, Oregon. I had friends I could stay with. I got a job in a bar and uh, substitute taught. And then I got a job coaching at a local high school. My interview, uh, I got at the end after I was given the job, my uh, coach said, uh, the guy I worked for goes, you know, you got a little something in your teeth. And then he tells me he, he was going to hire me to start with because I went to Oregon State. <laughs> was just like, um, but that was an uh, excellent experience. I had some phenomenal athletes. And at 22 or 23 years old, I ran with them. So I got to really uh, enjoy that experience, running with them, pushing them. And at the beginning of the season, I was always better than them. And, you know, by the end, they were better than me. So I did that for a couple of years. Um, then uh, I was looking for a teaching job and I graduated from college when everybody that was a PE teacher graduated from college. So it was very difficult to get a job. So substituting and uh, working a couple other jobs on the side, finally got a job at the YMCA in corporate fitness. I did that for a while. Um, I met my husband, got married, got pregnant. And then it was like, well, let's follow the husband's path. So uh, we did that. Uh, and in that course of that, I was able to coach and teach, substitute teach. I coached uh, track in uh, Sherman County and basketball. And then I uh, moved to Newburgh, I coached there. Mia Connie, I coached there. Um, and then I got my first head coaching job at Brookings Harbor High School in Oregon. And that really set me for success for my future. So uh, again, you know, you and I have had a chance to talk uh, before um, coming in uh, again, still fairly young, um, first head coaching experience at a program that had had some pretty good success. So what was that like coming in and now, hey, you're in charge of, you know, a successful boys and girls program? You know, at the time, I, it just didn't really dawn on me what I was being handed. And as I look back at it now, I think that would never happen to me. So the program had like a 25 year history and the guy who started it, his name was uh, Harlan Wyardi. He was the guy who did Steens Mountain Running and he ended up going to Lane and he left that program with his assistant. His assistant had like six kids and became the principal. You get more money as principal. And he literally handed me, here are my training notebooks this is what I've done. This is what we've been successful. And I was given a state runner-up cross-country program. Here you go. And I, I ran with it. I looked at every page. I did what he did. I thought, I'll do this for this year. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, I'll fix it for next year. And he was around for me to talk to. He was, he was very uh, gracious about telling me you know, what I needed to do or what I needed to, didn't need to do, help me be successful. And it was amazing. I'm just really amazing to have that uh, caliber of athletes. I had a program of like 35 kids, six through 12, uh, five senior boys. It was just awesome. And, uh, you know, looking at your stats uh, from those years, some pretty successful teams at, you know, state, regional or yeah. uh, district, regional and states. Yeah, my cross country team won. Uh, district every year my track team won district every year cross country uh when we got to state i one of my runners kind of fell apart and so our our team didn't do very well 
And for the boys, uh, I think they did as well as they could have, uh, but both teams ended up getting fourth at state, uh, which was kind of like my career path. It's like, oh, you got third, you got fourth. It's like, I never won a state cross country or track and field title, but I was close. Well, uh, don't sell yourself too short. I know that you did develop over your career, and we'll get to that later, uh, something like um, 14 or 15 individual state champions in track. So uh, yeah. not, not bad. <laughs> um, again, looking back at that time um, at Brookings Harbor, very successful. Uh, I think your career then uh, jumped to the college level um and uh you became the head coach at uh an nai school in missouri valley uh for cross country and also assisted with track talk a little bit about that transition from high school to college um well again it was one of those times in my life uh if my husband hadn't pushed me i don't think i would have thought oh you know they'll hire me but it just turned out that uh missouri valley needed a cross country coach and the basketball assistant they had doing the job wasn't doing the job. And so it was like, oh, they hired my husband. Uh, we'll try this gal out, you know, and it, I, was, I was successful. My team won the conference that year. I was voted coach of the year. And uh, my team uh, went to the national meet in Kenosha, Wisconsin that, that first year. It was pretty exciting. Uh, talk a little bit about that coming in, um, you know, as you know, you came from Oregon and now you're relocating to, you know, Missouri, uh, small town situation. Uh, I know you, you brought a couple of Oregon recruits with you, but uh, what was that like coming in as, as the new face in town for, for both the men's and women's program? Um, well, my boss was a very interesting man. He said, uh, there's your office. Uh, you don't have any equipment. You need to order some uniforms. This guy over here, he'll help you learn the ropes. Don't bug me. <laughs> and uh, the, I had to go to his office once or twice. When we went to the national meet, I go, you know what? It's really cold. We need some cold weather gear. It's going to be zero on the starting line. And he was kind of a curmudgeon sometimes. And he was like, what do you want? So he gave us what we wanted to be uh, successful. I still kind of lament that the football team all got rings um, when they were conference champions and they went to the national meet. I still got no conference championship rings. Well, maybe we can do something about that. Uh, so uh, any reflections uh, on that, uh, on the, that time at Missouri Valley College uh, as far as you know, uh, accomplishments or any particular moments stick out for you? Um, it was a blast. Um, it was fun for, I had three kids at the time, so that was difficult, but it was still, it was rewarding. Um, I enjoyed uh, the workouts I could do. I had girls that were good enough. I could say, hey, go run 12 miles. And they're like, is that all? you know, instead of well, miles, you know, um, they, I was like, I've always felt like my coaching style is kind of like the team mom and, uh, you know, you whip them when they're down and, uh, well, not whip, but you know what I mean? Um, and just pick them up and they all responded really well. It helps. I think that I'm small and not very intimidating and they don't want to hurt my feelings a little bit, but 
it was really a, a good time. And we, I've enjoyed going back to those reunions and seeing people I coached and what they say about you 20 years later. That's been fun too. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing but good thoughts from them. Okay. Once again, for our listeners, we're visiting today with our 300th interview guest, Jan Murphy, title line pioneer and longtime teacher and coach. Uh, we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic program. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while also creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back everyone to our 300th interview, our Title IX celebration, 50 years of Title IX with Jan Murphy, uh, Title IX pioneer teacher and coach. Jan, um, you were very successful at the college level, but then your career took you back to a couple of different high schools uh, where you actually had the opportunity to start some cross-country and track programs from scratch. So uh, tell us a little bit about that journey. I think we're coming up into the, the late 90s now. Yep. So uh, since this is a Title IX program, I, I think it's maybe important that at that time when I was at Missouri Valley, I had to leave my three kids home while I went to a national track meet or a national cross-country race. And that was very hard. But going back to high school allowed more control. Um, I could say no, or, you know, I was closer to home. I didn't have to spend the night with my kids uh, being babysat by somebody. Um, so I had the opportunity uh, to go to a school that was adding a high school. So they were just adding ninth grade year and they wanted to add sports. Uh, and I started a, a cross country and track program. And I literally had, had kids that started with me in ninth grade. They didn't finish a cross country race till they were seniors. So we're in California and uh, it was in San Jose and there was not a lot of places to run. So we got on a bus every day to go run somewhere. And uh, they were like, well, what's cross country? And, and I don't lie to kids, but I don't always tell them all the trust. Oh, it'll be fun. Trust me, you know, you'll like it. And it's hot and it's hard and it takes a lot of work, but the camaraderie with the kids on the team drives them on. And that's one of the things I think I've done a good job of building a team, uh, rely on each other, even if you don't want to finish, if you don't finish, your team doesn't get your score and uh, really working out. I had one kid literally did not finish a race until his senior year at uh, the first school. And then I went to another school and they, again, they had a, I think they'd had their first senior class. Um, so I started a track program there. The first year, I want to say we had five and by year seven, I had four, well, four or five uh, state champions. One had been a state champion in the hurdles for four years in a row, the high jump for two years in a row. So that's one person with seven championships. I had a pole vaulter, 
two state champions. Um, and that program, when I left, I had 72 kids in the program. So it was very successful, hard program to leave, but uh, it was just time to move on. Um, and the next school I was at where I started a program, small Christian school, I wanna say we had 105 kids in our high school, something like that, very small, started cross country. These kids were farming kids. So it was a little bit easier to get them to go out and run and they were used to being active. And uh, we had a very successful program for the small school, both cross country and track. And what I, I think what I'm proudest of is that uh, also developed um, assistant coaches that then could go on to become the head coach. And when I left programs, they ultimately did that. It was very rewarding. Yeah, you bring up a good point. And as a longtime athletic director myself, I'd always, always preach this to our coaches. You know, and I'd say anybody can manage a group of all stars, you know, go out and recruit a bunch of kids and then just drive the bus. It takes a real coach to develop kids and develop a program year after year after year. And you certainly have done this throughout your career. Um, any secrets or anything special that you do looking back uh, that might have been common to each program that you could pass on to our listeners? Well, I a couple of things that we did, and I, I started this at my first school. Um, on Friday nights in Brookings, everybody party. And I thought, how am I going to get my cross country team on the bus at 6 a.m. if they're out at three o'clock in the morning? So we decided every Friday night we had movies and popcorn and usually a spaghetti dinner at my house. And so I had however many kids came, 15, 20 at my house every Friday night, and then they went home. And I think that was successful. They knew I put myself out for them and they put themselves out for the team. And I, we continued that my husband and I with, uh, different moves that we had. Uh, it was harder as times have changed, you know, going to people's houses, isn't such a popular thing anymore. But at that time, um, it was really the thing that pulled everybody together. I think. Yeah. No, uh, very cool idea. Anytime you can develop and, and nurture that bond, that team bond. Uh, I, I think it's a good idea. You know, you are retired. You've been retired for a couple of years, but you're still very active in the profession, you know, as an official, uh, et cetera. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit about track or cross country or even program organization, uh, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? I guess they could email me, uh, janpmurphy at gmail.com. Okay, janpmurphy at gmail.com. We're speaking with Jan Murphy, longtime coach and teacher, a Title IX pioneer on our 300th episode. We'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Science has a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com or you can call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales 
at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to our visit with Jan Murphy, Title Line Pioneer, longtime cross-country and track coach, our 300th interview on the Educational AD Podcast to help celebrate 50 years of Title Nine. We're doing this kind of reverse order. One of our usual uh, first questions, uh, we ask our guests to share the mentors that they've had in their lives. Uh, none of us get where we're at on our own. Uh, so who are some of the people that have helped you along the way uh, in your career? Um, well, I guess the first one I would have to say would be a sixth grade teacher. So I'm one of seven kids and my elementary school program, there were thousands of kids and you were just one of the bunch. And when we moved to Oregon, uh, my teacher made me feel special, uh, made me feel important, knew my name, et cetera. And um, I, I can't pick out any specific thing, but I just know she made a difference. Um, and then in middle school, my PE teacher was the gymnastics coach, Mrs. Juanita Carlson. So she really did a good job of making me think I could be whatever I wanted to be, even though at that time in the world, people didn't think that way. Um, I'd say Greg Purden kind of a mentor, mentor because he sort of shoved me out the door and said, figure it out. And, and I did. Um, and then at the time, at that time, uh, women runners, there were quite a few good runners. Um, Mary Decker, certainly I watched her um, moving through the ranks. Uh, and this is going to weird, but I think it was the 1972 Olympics where Ogla Corbett did that move. And I was a gymnast at the time and I wanted to be Ogla Corbett. I wanted to, I tried that move, but then I got off the bars. I didn't actually do it. But I thought I want to be something like that. So I think that made a difference. And one other person, my first job, I worked at the Dairy Queen for five years was Inez McEldowney. And she said, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you can do this. And it was, there was never a time where you're a girl, you can't do that. And I got that from a lot of women in my life. And I appreciate that. Well, I love that. And again, for our listeners, uh, do yourself a favor and Google Olga Corbett. Okay. Uh, I know the things our gymnasts do nowadays, phenomenal, but at that time, that was 1972 Olympics. That was crazy stuff. Okay. Jan, you've had the opportunity to work um, for and work with a number of athletic directors over your career, you know, big schools, small schools, high school, college, um, anything stick out as far as uh, best practices that you've seen from an athletic director? Well, I'm going to expand it to coaching too. So uh, one of the best things I ever saw is my son's football coach uh, had all the parents come out to a practice and he ran through these plays. I don't, I didn't like football. I only watched it because my son is playing and I'm constantly going, what is that guy and what is he doing? And the coach actually had, I can only remember this one play trips, right? Cause my son was one of those guys and the coach explained what everybody's doing, why they're doing, how they throw the ball. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what a great idea. Um, 
so that would be a tool is letting your parents in on some of your coaching strategy, obviously not all of it. I know as a coach myself, I did that. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is how we're going to get from point A to point B. Parents, I need your help. Um, another one, I would say, uh, I always had a binder, but I was given a, a notebook with, you know, day one, this is what you do on day one. Day two, this is what you get do on day two. And I updated it every year. In fact, when I retired, I probably still have a box of notebooks in the garage that I kind of need to get rid of. But that was sort of my Bible. This is how you get through this. Um, so that would be a tool. Um, and the other one is, I know when I was an athlete, my coach never said, this is why you're doing this. This is, this is the process and this is where we expect to get here from that. And I would say, kids today, they can look up anything. So explain to them, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, yeah, this is, I always had a practice every Wednesday. Uh, we played Frisbee or we uh, did disc golf or whatever. And think, don't you need to run? I'm like, it's a good mental health day. You know, we're going to run hard on Friday or Saturday. Uh, it's good team bonding. Um, sometimes we ran and got Slurpees. Sometimes we ran and got ice cream. Sometimes we ran to some grandma's house and got chocolate chip cookies. But all of those things helped to pull my team together. And I just went off on a huge tangent. I'm sorry, you know me, you know, that's how I talk. But um, I, I think that those kinds of things that another person can look at and see, what did you do? How did you get where you got? And that notebook helps you see that progress. You know, you do those fun things so that the kids will do the hard things. No, it's all, it's all great stuff. That's what we're trying to do is share these best practices. And your, uh, your notebooks that you talked about, maybe we can uh, throw it with your permission, throw this out to a listener. Uh, if you want a uh, master's course uh, in uh, cross-country and track training, uh, shoot Jan an email at jampmurphy at gmail.com and uh, see if she'll uh, send you those uh, uh, training notebooks. Uh, definitely worth uh, the price uh, to add that to your library. This has been really neat, uh, you know, hearing some of these stories, um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap things up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're not an athletic director, but you certainly, uh, you know, worked for a lot and, and ran a very successful uh, program at a number of different levels. Um, so in just a minute, uh, I'm going to ask you to send out a, a brand new athletic director or maybe a new coach. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsored the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what uh, Title IX pioneer Jan Murphy is going to put in her Athletic Director's Toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. 
Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466. Or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone. This has really been fun. It's our 300th interview. And to help celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX, we have been visiting with a Title IX pioneer, Jan Murphy, longtime coach and teacher, recently retired. And she's been sharing uh, you know, her story and her wisdom uh, through the years. So uh, Jan, um, now's the time where we try to, uh, again, add to that collective wisdom. You certainly know your way around the world of athletics. Uh, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director, or we could say coach, uh, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Jan Murphy's new athletic director toolbox? Um, well, the first one I think is uh, know that sports coaching education programs that are available so I don't know other sports I know football has some but for track and field there's USA track and field and there's levels of education that are, that teach you the standards of practice for that discipline and I've been at schools where a person has coached the way their high school coach where their coach coached, or they've gone to education and learned new things and when I've left a program, I've told the uh, administration, this coach would be great if he got some coaching education. He still coaches like he coached when he was in high school and it's not the proper way anymore. And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. But I think learning what the standard of practice is and then requiring your coaches to do that. And if they're not gonna do it, then you know, find someone who will um, because they just coach the way they were coached. They don't know any better and they resist the new practices because they think what they learned is best and they don't know what they don't know as you are fond of saying. Um, secondly, I think you want to make sure your coaches know their kids. Uh, we have had kids who uh, maybe even don't have a home to go to. They don't have shoes. I had one athlete who I said, you know, what's going on with you? You, you don't seem to be performing well. Well, not only is there no food in the refrigerator, mom sold the refrigerator for drugs. So you kind of want to know what's going on in that kid's life and can you help them? And what are some avenues that you do? Because you don't always know their story and you want to find that out and ensure that your coaches are familiar with what the kids that they coach are going through. And the third one, I think, is important. I didn't do a good job of this. I tried to, was to take care of yourself. Um, as a coach, Saturday morning practices, uh, morning practices at 5 a.m. No, I didn't get up and work out before practice. And no, I didn't work out at six o'clock when practice was over because I had three kids and I needed to make dinner. Um, and so you've got to carve out some time for you. And I think the generations that exist now are more like that. They 
are decide what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. And our generation was willing to do whatever it took. This generation, not so much, but they're taking care of themselves. So I think you need to take care of yourself. So those are my three tools. Well, wow, those are all uh, outstanding tools for a, a new coach as well as a uh, younger coach uh, or an older coach like me. Um, once again, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, uh, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, JanPMurphy at gmail.com. Okay. Well, Jan, uh, thanks so much for uh, sharing with us today. Uh, and uh, for our listeners, if you didn't already know this, or if you hadn't figured it out, uh, Jan Murphy is also Jan Murphy Von Scheer. So, uh, you know, it's been my uh, pleasure and privilege uh, to be the husband that she referred to uh, for these uh, many, many years and uh, uh, looking forward to many more together. So thanks for spending time with us today, Jan. It's been my pleasure. But there's one other thing I would like to mention that I didn't say earlier when we talked about mentors. So my husband has been one of my mentors. There were many jobs I would never have applied for if he didn't put that piece of paper in front of my face and say, hey, the worst I can get is no. You know, you don't know anything until you try. And I did that a lot. And thank you. Okay. Well, uh, and hey, I was right. Hey. <laughs> For our listeners, uh, remember the Zoom recordings of all of these interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for some more wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. Also, um, we're recording this on May 31st. And as I said, it's our 300th interview. So the toolbox suggestions from interviews 151 through this one, 300, are going into the Athletic Director's Toolbox, second edition. And that book is going to be coming out in early July. So uh, we hope you uh, get a copy of that available on Amazon. So as always, we appreciate you listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. And we want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast and remember the athletic director's toolbox second edition will be coming out on Amazon probably the second week of July and uh, we're going to be offering it at a special reduced price uh, for the first week or so so uh, check Amazon starting uh, the second week of July for the athletic director's toolbox second edition and if you'd like to be a guest on the educational lady podcast shoot me an email at jakestouchdown at gmail.com and we'll get you on the podcast. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.